This is Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast of the slightly unusual. Here's your host, Peter Anthony Holder. Hello, and welcome to Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast that will take you off the beaten path, introducing you to people who have slightly quirky hobbies or businesses. Through the years, as I have chatted with people with diverse occupations and pastimes, I've noticed that whenever something comes across my desk that features an item that is uniquely different, there's a large chance that it originates below the equator, specifically in Australia and occasionally, like on our last show, in New Zealand. I have no idea why this is, not even a remote theory. I can't even say that it's because the water goes down the drain in the other direction down there, because that's a myth. But hey, that's a story for another day and I'm getting way off topic. This little preamble is just my way of saying that we have two items on this episode that come from Australia and New Zealand. On this episode, we're going to deal with your discerning palate. When it comes to food and drink, there are people who are adventurous. I'm not one of those. But for those of you whose tastes run the gamut, may I suggest a beer that might accompany your meal. Back in 2016, I spoke with Matthew Boosted. He is the co-owner of a small brewery in Melbourne, Australia called Seven Cent Brewery. They are the makers of Belly Button Beer, the first beer fermented from yeast captured from the brewer's belly button lint. Yeah, you heard right. At this moment, you might be asking, where did this idea come from? And was alcohol involved in the thought process? Here are the answers. I think most of the best beer ideas come to you when you've had a few beers. Yeah, this one, a couple of years ago, a road brewery from the States released a beer called Beard Beer. And that one was fermented with yeast that they captured from the brewer's beards. And um, I remember having it at the time and going, oh, that's quite interesting. And a lot of people being weirded out, grossed out by it. We thought, well, that's interesting. What else could you get yeast from? And after a few more beers, we started throwing around different ideas and we thought belly buttons, that's a pretty interesting spot to get yeast from, something that uh, will really challenge people, really gross some people out. But uh, we thought it was the right balance. We didn't want to go too much further down south. So that's, that's where we came up with the idea. And then we gave it a crack, really. It should be noted that there are some breweries that have gone further down south to collect their yeast. But for us... Let's just stick around the navel, shall we? Now, Matthew is one of three co-owners of Seven Cent Brewery. So what's the process involved in making this beer? And out of which navel does said lint come from? What we actually did was we swabbed each other's belly buttons to get the lint in a sterile little swab and then started growing up yeast from that. So we actually had three different cultures, one from each of us. And after going through the... uh, process to make sure that we were growing up yeast so we actually plated out on an agar plate and you can see yeast colonies you can see other other things growing as well and then um, picked out the actual yeast colonies from each of our belly buttons grew that up to a quantity that we could actually do a little uh, test batch just a five litre test batch and uh, we actually sampled each of us so essentially we had a a Brendan a a Doug and a a Matthew or a Bowser uh, beer so we 
sampled each one and decided which one tasted the best. And that's the one we've run with for, for this beer. So yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. For their initial run of the beer, they chose to keep the identity of which navel was selected. The choice was to go into an annual beer contest in Australia, so there were bragging rights. But the other two co-owners wouldn't have to navel-gaze for too long, as their beer would also eventually be released to the public. Yes, uh, the third definitely lauded it over the other two. It was interesting doing the taste, because although you wanted your belly buttons to win, it was pretty obvious. We, we thought that for the festival that we're releasing this at, that this, the characters from this yeast were the most interesting for the type of beer we wanted to make. At the time that we spoke, Seven Cent Brewery was getting a lot of press attention. It was worldwide. Uh, it's been um, amazing. We, it's, it's way bigger than we ever expected. We ne never thought it would go worldwide and never thought I'd be talking to uh, someone in Canada about this beer or uh, I, I saw, um, I think it was on a, a talk show in America, I think on Fox or something like that this morning. So it's huge and yeah, locally it, it's been crazy. I was out at the pub the other night with a whole heap of other uh, local craft brewers and they're all just loving the idea and loving the attention that it's uh, putting on us and the, the small craft brewery industry here in Australia. Okay, so if, if this, it seems like the sky's the limit. If this thing takes off, how do I describe this? How much navel lint does it take to, to grow the yeast to make the beer? Are you worried uh, about running out of, of supply? <laughs> well, I've got a good supply myself. I uh, get quite a lot every day, but um, luckily you don't need a huge supply. Um, we, we can grow it up from a very small amount. And then like most yeasts, you, you start with a, a small amount and you keep growing it, growing it, growing it until you've got a, a quantity that you need. And now that we've done this size batch with it, we'll have plenty of yeast to make another belly button beer in the future. Everyone seems to be buzzing about this. Are there people you've talked to that have gone, ooh? Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are like, nah, I'm not, not going to drink that. No way, no way at all. And that's that's disgusting. And then there's a lot of people on the other side of the coin who are like, that's the top of my list. I've got to try. That's the, the number one beer I want to try. So it's polarizing. I don't think there's anyone who's just like, yeah, uh, maybe. It's, it's most people it's like, definitely no or definitely yes. Seriously, have you ever spoken to someone who was proud of the amount of navel lint they can produce? I know it was a first for me. I also had some concern about what the success of such a novelty beer could bring in the future. I mean, worldwide press brings worldwide attention and other people wanting to share their brewing ideas. Who knows? Who knows? We've been contacted by a few people since we've announced Belly Button Beer with people wanting to talk to us about different things that they make at home that they think might work in beer. Like there was this lady from just down the road who has some special type of mushrooms that she wants someone to put in a beer. So we'll catch up with her and see what they taste like, see what we can work together. But we like playing around with things. We did a, a beer which was probably before the Belly Button Beer, the most sort of out there beer we've done was a, a black clam goza so it's a salty sour beer which we made it in a, sort of a dark color with some midnight wheat and then we uh, added uh, clams to get that salty sort of seafoody character to it which is quite interesting now before we all get on our high horse and bellow well that's disgusting just remember what our forefathers here in canada came up with I'm reminded of what comedian Gilbert Gottfried once said in a routine at Montreal's Just for Laughs 
when he talked about maple syrup. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, years ago Canadians were walking through the forest, saw a tree with disgusting brown goo oozing out of it, and said, "Let's eat it. Let's make our fortune getting other people to eat it. Let's get them to pour it on perfectly good food." Given that revelation, who are we to talk about belly button beer? Business beyond. Bizarre. If belly button beer is too hot for your brain to handle, then perhaps you'll want to warm up to some pizza. Actually, I should say heat up. In New Zealand, there's a franchise called Hell Pizza, and they had a really hot promotion. Literally, they were offering Kiwis a gut-wrenching, mouth-watering, tear-jerking trip for their taste buds. They created Pizza Roulette. A sort of Russian roulette, where one slice of a pizza has two drops of a very potent hot sauce added to it. Hell Pizza's co-director Stu McMullen organized this campaign many years ago. I guess we've got a bit of a history of being quite immature in the kitchen. We used to, whenever it would come time for the end of the night with our staff, and we'd be making them their dinner because we'd always give them dinner at the end of the shift. Callum and I would always try to spice their pizza up, or do particular things to them, or lace them with things, or put fish oil on it, or do anything just to kind of mess around with our staff. So then it just all kind of evolved from there. We thought, hey, what a great idea! Why don't we just mess up one slice? And then turn it on the rest of our customers. Well, this sounds like a potential HR nightmare, doesn't it? Kiwis must have a great sense of humor. Think how this might go over in a more litigious society. Never mind how your employees might feel about food tampering as good, clean fun. What about the customers? New Zealand's not as、uh, litigious as、uh, America or Canada, for sure. But no, I mean we we certainly were worried because、um, we're, we're conscious of the fact that we used to do it to other people and screw with other people. So we thought, well, other people might do it to their friends as well. So、uh, for that reason, what we did was every time you order a pizza roulette pizza online or、um, you know through the point of sale, we have a disclaimer on there. So we say, hey, look, you have to agree to these terms and conditions. And then when we actually finish the whole pizza, we seal the box closed with a sticker. And it acts in a way like、uh, software. So we came up with the idea from software packaging. You know, if you tear open this package, you agree to the terms and conditions. Well, it's pretty much along the same lines as that. If, if you tear open the pizza box, you've read the terms and conditions. You know what you're doing inside there. Do I understand that you can actually turn part of the box into a small coffin? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And on the back it says, "For your remains." <laughs> and I, I love the、uh, the tagline. It doesn't cost, but someone pays. <laughs> It's pure gold. I, the thing with this campaign is, you know, from a, as a retailer, is it works on so many levels. It has,、um, you know, like I say, it doesn't cost, but someone pays. It's a great message to get out there to people. It's social media. It's people playing with their, you know, with their actual game and videoing themselves and putting it up on、uh, on social network sites. It upsells, which is fantastic. People instead of buying a small pizza will buy a big pizza. So everything about the mechanic of this whole promotion just works. You do so many things in, in business, and then sometimes you just hit on that one thing that just goes really well. There are videos out there that have gone viral as some unsuspecting person hits upon the hot slice. Even a team of professional cricket players got caught up in the heat of hell. Still, surprisingly, Pizza Roulette does great repeat business. Ah,、oh, getting tons of videos,、eh? and then some people like hit up on our Facebook page and just say, "Well played, Hell Pizza, well played." <laughs> so people are all over it.、Eh? They absolutely love it.、Uh, the the funniest thing is when you actually get people who obviously are unassuming and not used to chili, but they kind of go, "Yeah, I'll play, I'll play." And then they just get absolutely nailed. Okay, so I, I, <laughs> and I've done this as well, Peter. And honestly, I was out for forty-five minutes. My mouth, I couldn't feel my mouth, and at one point my knees started shaking. And Callum, my business partner, he did it. 
and uh, we played the same the game together, and he got the next pizza. And uh, he started crying uncontrollably for about ten minutes, and then we just looked at each other and said, "We've got to do it. this. Is the, okay, this so, is gold." <laughs> see, see, this is the part that baffles me here. You just said you tried it, you did it, and then after you did it, you tried it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's hell. That is hell. <laughs> Definition of insanity. Yeah. So, so I, I guess based on your own performance, you are definitely getting repeat customers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the funniest thing of all was, even when we got those cricketer guys uh, to do it, the, the best thing of all was we recorded it, and then right to the very end, he, he just mumbles under his breath, you ruined my day. <laughs> and I couldn't think of anything better. Okay, so you, you gave a little bit of the experience you had. How long did it last for you? Like, when could you finally resume normal life after taking a slice of this pizza? I was 45 minutes. I, some people are 30 minutes to an hour. It, it really depends on the person. I was 45 minutes before I could even, you know, kind of concentrate on something else that wasn't just burning lips and tongue. And is, is that the only sensation, burning lips and tongue? Oh, no, you get a little bit head dizzy. Um, as I say, my, my knee started going a little bit from under me, eh? But everyone's kind of a little bit different. Certainly, I mean, the, considering that 2 million Scoville units is the equivalent of US-grade pepper spray, it's, it's going to nail you. It's going to knock you out. And how exactly do you overcome this? Is there something you can do or does, is there anything that actually makes it worse? Like, what do you drink? What do you do? I think, I actually think that drinking soft drinks and that actually makes it worse. And people think that drinking uh, milk makes it better, but I just think you just got to battle through the pain. I think that's the only way through it, really. And kind of enjoy the ride at the same time. Now, I'm going to put this as delicately as I possibly can. As you know, <laughs> uh, when somebody eats something that's very hot, uh, yeah. There's a residual effect later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we haven't had too many reported cases of that, actually. But um, in hell, we actually uh, we already have four chili settings in hell. So we have uh, flame. Whenever we order a pizza, currently we have flame kissed, and uh, and we also have um, fork tongue is the second chili setting, and then the third one's ring of fire. So it might be actually ring of fire you're referring to there. <laughs> yeah, because some things do burn on entry and. <laughs> Uh, on the way out, yeah, afterburner, well. absolutely. Yeah. Afterburner. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is that, but we haven't had too many reports of that yet. I guess washing it down with belly button beer isn't the plan here. Hell Pizza certainly has found a path to success. The franchise has over 60 outlets in New Zealand, and they have branched out to the UK, Ireland, Korea, and India. And yes, there is even a location here in Canada, out west, in Vancouver. But their growth hasn't stopped their renegade ways. Actually, they revel in it. Well, the Hell's a controversial brand. I mean, I don't know if you've looked into some of the other stuff we've done in the past, but we're the most complained about brand in New Zealand history with the Advertising Standards Authority. We've got some pretty insane stuff that we've done over the years. We're a bit pioneering as well. So this is obviously a pioneering game. So we haven't really seen this out anywhere else. And remember, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the pizza. Next time on Business Beyond Bazaar. There are many people who now offer up goat yoga, but we'll meet the woman who created the craze. No kidding. And pillow fighting goes professional. That's a slap in the face. This has been Business Beyond Bazaar, a presentation of Flying Fish Communications and Group Fairplay. Play.